Hi, this is Chad. I'm so glad to be part of your journey towards product mastery so you can better develop products that your customers love. That's why we do this podcast and why we are in this together because we love bringing products to customers that create them value. This episode is sponsored by the Product Mastery Now community. That's right. We have a community for listeners of this podcast. Members are experienced product managers, leaders, and innovators who are creating value for their customers and want to learn with others who share the same commitment. As a member of the community, you can participate in the live interviews with guests, asking questions you have that I didn't think of asking. Also, you get the interviews at the time they are made, months before listeners that are not part of the community. For example, today we're recording this interview in December, but it won't be published until March. Further, you'll have the video version of the interview, not just the audio. The enhanced interview experience is only one aspect of being a community member. We have regular expert sessions, Q&As, discussion forums, training, and more. Find out about the community and apply if you want to check this out and actually experience it at productmasterynow.com community. Now, today we're talking about how you can prepare for and find a senior product leadership role. We'll be addressing this from both the current senior leader perspective as well as the product manager perspective that wants to move into that senior leadership role. And to help us, we are joined by the co-founder of an executive search firm that specializes in placing product VPs and chief product officers. Our guest is Chris Mason, who started Intelligent People in 2002 as a specialized recruiting agency. Also, listeners, remember, if you want a written summary of what we discuss, including that one-page summary that we put together, we call that the action guide, help you put into action the key concepts that Chris will share with us, simply go to productmasterynow.com slash 427. Chris, thanks for being with us today. Nice to meet you, Chad. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm very much looking forward to the conversation. We're going to help some people think about that maybe next step up in their career or maybe changing to a role organization that they find more exciting right now. So first, give us just some insights about what you love about this role. You've been doing this now, you know, 20 years here, maybe 20 plus years, helping people land that, that senior product leadership role, as well as helping organizations find the talent they need. Yeah, God, I I have been doing it for a long time. So a few gray hairs or thinning hairs. But yeah, there's quite a few dimensions, I would say. So we have organizations that approach us. They might be a a scale-up or an early stage business or a big enterprise business. And the first thing it gives me is, insight into their strategy and the things that they're, they're looking to achieve. And, and that, that can be really exciting, you know, seeing what their strategy is. It might be a new product or service, or they might be trying to challenge something. I, I love the consultancy piece as well. So helping our clients trying to figure out the profile that will solve their problem mm. and how realistic that that profile may be and how best to approach and engage and what story to tell when they go to market to really you know, represent the opportunity as best we can. And then there's, of course, there's candidates, you know, getting close to candidates and understanding, you know, where they are in their career and, you know, what's important to them and what challenge they're looking for next. And, you know, I do believe that we we, we change their lives when when things work out, you know, when there's a strong match and people get the opportunity they want, you know, we we solve business problems and we change people's lives. So there's there's lot there's lots to love. I mean, it's not all plain sailing, you know, there's lots of bumps along the way, but but yeah, I, I, I still enjoy it after 30 years in recruitment. That's fantastic. I, I like that perspective, you know, changing lives, right? Really helping people do something new and interesting and hopefully be part of the right organization for them, as well as helping the organization find that right person they need. Yeah. And let's talk about what, what the organizations are looking for, right? So maybe we'll think about this from the, the senior leadership role first, right? What, what are companies looking for in a product VP or a chief product officer? 
Yeah, so there, so there's lots lots of variables, and it depends on the you know the scale of organisation, the type of challenge they have. So you know it might be a scale up, and they might be looking for somebody who's been through a scale up journey, or there might be a, a problem that a larger organisation is looking to solve or, or a new offering. So usually there is some you know either either domain knowledge that's needed or some 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 experience that's relevant to the problem or you know the roadmap or the impact that they're looking for from the candidate there's definite definite themes that we see with with product leaders so you know use of data influencing if you, if you think about a product a product manager you know there's a there's a toolkit of skills that they they have to you know develop and build about um, you know prioritizing and you know all, all manner of things and that that kind of changes with seniority so you know managing a team executing through a team developing team members that experience can be really relevant you know strategic thinking we see influencing as really critical for you know for, for product leaders and VP, VP product CPOs you know the ability to articulate the value behind a business case and get people on board and help them to understand why they should back something why they should support something and you know strategic thinking commercial thinking so if you think about product managers I mean if they're a full life cycle product person they should definitely be questioning look, what's the purpose of this why are we doing this what value are we, we creating what problem are we solving but that amplifies as they become more senior mm-hmm. and you know the stakes get higher off Often, you know, they, they could be trying to convince a board to, you know, back something that is a massive investment. And, you know, it takes seniority and confidence and commercial thinking and gravitas to be able to do that. So there's, there's common themes. And it's, it's interesting with the B2B, B2C piece and, you know, domain knowledge. I mean, it's an ongoing debate about how transferable product skills are. And, you know, I, I think I lean towards the, I, I think B2B, B2C often can be you know, there's more to think about there, but I'm I'm in the camp where I think skills can be really transferable, hmm. with with some exceptions. You know, sometimes you'll have a, a regulated market, and there might be some you know some legislation that there's a learning curve to you know to get up to speed. But yeah, there, there, there are there, there are so many things, and you know, no one piece of work is the same. But there there are definitely common themes that start to rise to the front with product leaders. I would say it's interesting that I put out a kind of a poll question to the product mastery now community a few days in advance of, of doing this podcast with you. And I asked, what do you think is most important, right, with most being the keyword here, in terms of you getting your next role, right, if you need to do that. And, and the choices I provided was, you know, your experience, the knowledge you have of the process of, of product management, the domain experience or industry experience, or your, profession, your professional network or something else. And in thinking about the domain knowledge, I, I'm really interested in how you, you would just approach that because it, it lines up well how I tend to think about things but I wasn't sure what you might be seeing. So, you know, experience is certainly very relevant, you know, to the, especially the scale of the company. Have you done what that company needs to be done? Mm. But the domain knowledge is, is kind of, I think, binary for some people in some organizations. Some organizations mm. say like, yeah, we really want someone who has been developing 3D printers for the last five years because that's what we're doing, right? Yeah. And other organizations are looking for someone that might even be outside their space because they want to bring in a different perspective. And I probably see more domain knowledge emphasized more times when I think it's not all that necessary. Mm. And I have, you know, I've seen good examples of people that have moved from radically different industries. And often in that change, they bring in a different perspective. Yeah. Just, just any more thoughts to kind of double down on the domain part of this? 
Yeah. So we, we try and shift the conversation to what impact are they looking for? Mm-hmm. So what problem are they solving with this hire? What do they need the person to do? And, and try and start from there. And, and whenever we look at a piece of work, we're trying to think how big is the candidate pool? You know, because that helps us to say, to, 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 to ask how realistic is is it that we're going to find this person? And m- many organizations say they must have done this before. They must have done exactly the same thing. So really, you're looking for somebody from a competitor. So how big is that market? How realistic is it? How many people are in in this market? How many, you know, with all the other considerations around seniority and, you know, salary price point and experience. So we, we try and we try and focus more on competences and kind of experience rather than domain knowledge because domain you can come in and learn a domain knowledge mm-hmm. relatively quickly right. so we, we see lots of fluidity if you think about consumer markets across you know travel and retail e-commerce and media there's lots of similarities there and you're still facing a consumer audience so why do they need to come from one of those you know subdomains so a lot of the work that we do is trying to increase the size of the candidate pool by getting the client to look more broadly at other other domains because that means that they have more choice from a bigger pool mm-hmm. and also you know often people don't want to stay you know i mean some people do they might be say a fintech product leader and they want to stay in fintech because that's what they love but other product product leaders they actually want a different challenge and there's a positive kind of pull factor for them moving to a different organization in a different say you know sector so they have they should think about why should someone come and join them as well you know does someone actually want to just walk across town and do the same you know same role really for a different organization so we we try and have those conversations and try and get the client to be as open minded as is mm-hmm. re- reasonably possible about what you know what domain we're we're looking in yeah, I'm glad you're helping to prepare the the organization in that context. And those are really good tips too for someone that might be looking that might feel constrained to a domain because maybe that's what they're running into. Maybe they can help change that conversation a little bit too, right? And, and starting with the you know, what problem is it that you're trying to solve, and this is how my experience and my knowledge actually will help you solve that problem, even though I don't have the domain experience yet. I often think it does depend what we're trying to accomplish. Certainly. Right. But I often think if when it comes to being innovators and creating new value for customers coming from outside the domain is actually an advantage because you don't make the same assumptions that everyone in that has made, which probably is slowing innovation over time. Yeah. Because you're making the same assumptions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Elon, Elon Musk talks a lot about that. And, you know, we, we, we try and shift the conversation to, you know, yeah, so it's what, what impact are you looking for, and you know what outcome are you looking for? So, if we're thinking about, say, a soft software, a SaaS software vendor that's going through a scaling journey, then wouldn't it be more valuable to have someone who has been through a scaling journey with a SaaS software vendor versus somebody who's developed the same type of SaaS software? So, if we shift the conversation to that, then often we can we can we can present a really strong shortlist and people that are actually really excited by the opportunity and maybe have a track record of making all the right commercial decisions and scaling an organization in the right way to achieve a, a good outcome. Excellent. Good. So we, we have both senior leaders in product as well as product managers listening that might like to become a senior leader at some point. I want to address some takeaways for both of them. Let's start first with that product VP or the CPO. How can they best position themselves when they are looking for that that new product role? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. So there's some there's some hygiene stuff at the beginning, you know, getting your CV ready and, you know, LinkedIn profile, making sure that they're aligned. I, I, I did a, a separate, you know, a different piece of content on our website specifically about LinkedIn because there are different there are different routes to your new job. You know, you could you can apply, you can 
work with a, an agency or you know agencies or consultancies but also you can use your network your network's really powerful and if you continually keep linkedin updated then you're a you're not raising any red flags if you suddenly update your linkedin profile which you know your your boss might see but also your your content is all up to date and you're discoverable based on the content that you put on there. So if you if you find that you're on LinkedIn and you get approached about things that aren't relevant to you, it's probably because your LinkedIn profile hasn't got the right content on and you know and you're not you're not getting targeted with the right stuff. So and one of the biggest things on LinkedIn is is to change your your profile to open to work when the time is right and then you will make yourself even more discoverable. So you know there's some there's some hygiene stuff around that and you know with resumes thinking about impacts. So a lot of people write a resume and they put you know they list their their, their responsibilities and the scope of their role. They don't actually Right, what they've achieved. So that's really important. Try and attach data reference points. So, you know, driving sales, you know, reducing churn, increasing customer engagement, increasing conversion, whatever the metrics are, because it makes your profile more powerful. So there's some basic hygiene stuff, you know, like that. I think you've got to you've got to really reflect on what you want as well and what's going to make you happy and make sure that you're targeting the right sort of, you know, what sort of challenge is it that you're looking for? And and you know, should you necessarily always be stepping upwards? I mean, it's something to think think about at every level, really. Is it the Peter principle where people get promoted to the, you know, often to the point where they're, you know, they're no longer happy and they're no longer, you know, competent. So, you know, you, you, if you look at some chief product officers, you know, they just go onwards and upwards and they're, you know, they've got a, a stratospheric, you know, career trajectory and they love it. And that's great. Some people, take on more responsibility and they're, and they're less happy. So I think it takes a lot of self-awareness to say, actually, what will make me happy? What sort of challenge am I looking for? So at the start of your search, you know, really reflect on that and think about the things that you enjoy the most and, you know, the things that you don't enjoy and what sort of opportunity will tick the, the boxes of the things that you enjoy the most. So I think really reflecting on that and then then you can go and start targeting. Yeah, and on that point, Chris, is there a tool that you like? You know, I remember long ago, I think it's still very much used, you know, what, what colors your parachute was popular. There's different kind of assessments uh, to look at about well, what is really a good fit for you. Is there something that you point people to to help you think about this? You know, what, what is it that you want next? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure of any tools. It's a really good question. I'm a big fan of so we we did a internal training earlier in the year about communication styles with the four colors mm-hmm. which was it was scarily insightful and it helps you to helps you to uncover blind spots as well and it's it, the main purpose of that is how should I communicate with how should I identify how people communicate and communicate in the in the way that make, makes me to you know that is, that is effective and adapting your communication style but I'm definitely a big fan of that self-analysis self-awareness kind of route where you you use tools to try and understand what makes you happy and you know how you communicate what sort of person you are and try and be as self-aware as you can you know another thing that we recommend for all people is you know maybe trying to get a mentor because that person can obviously you know sometimes help you to uncover the things that isn't you know the, the, the things that aren't obvious to you whether it's gaps in your experience gaps in your skills or things that you may or may not be you know, good, good for or happy doing. So, you know, we're actually, we're really trying to support this and we're, we're actually launching a, a, you know, a mentor, a mentorship platform in Q1 next year for, for product people of all levels. So it'll be a kind of a two-sided marketplace with more senior product people that are offering their time and more junior people who can benefit from having a, a, a mentor and being connected to somebody. So that can often help you to, you know, self-examine and be, become more self-aware about who you are, where the gaps in your 
your experience might be and actually what you should do next to you know to, to fulfill yourself make yourself happy and it, and it is something to reflect on because some people just love building things you know and they you know and they really like being a, a product person or a senior product person some people don't enjoy the things that come with you know being a cpo and we of, we often see diff, you know if you, we we see cpos it's really interesting sometimes that actually don't have a product background maybe they were strategy consultant or something and they kind of they kind of just appear and you think how do you go from there to there you know and and it's because it's a very different role being a very senior you know, sort of chief product officer. It's more about strategy and influencing right. and trying to get people on board and having those battles. It's actually less about the building. And and some people love that. Some people hate it. So just being aware of who you are and what you enjoy, I think is a really important first step because if you don't know that, you can misstep and, and put, or put yourself in a position where you think you should be doing something because it feels like progression, but actually you're really unhappy. Yeah, and I think this also very much helps you figure out how you can best approach the job so that you find satisfaction in it and you also satisfy what is needed, right? To help that organization create new value and put those pieces together. A couple of tools that I found personally helpful. One is a strength finder to just identify your, your key strengths and think about, well, what do I do with those key strengths? How, how does that fit, right? Yep. And then th- this little book that I think probably no one really knows, it was by uh, written by Max Lucado, who's a, a pastor here in the States, called The Cure for the Common Life. And it's all about a method to really analyze what were those moments in your life, starting back in childhood through where you are now, where you found achievement and reflecting on those areas to identify what should you be doing next. And I've used that with myself and others and have found it to be a a useful tool. So, and I appreciate the tip on the mentorship too. Very important. We had a a product VP coach on who coaches product a couple of years ago. I'll, I'll try to put that in the show notes later. And that's, you know, his role now is he helps product VPs or CPOs grow as well as prepare for that next step. And so glad to hear you're putting together a service like that. Let's help our product managers a little bit, too. So we got the kind of the product leader. How how can they be thinking about what to do to get ready? Product managers, what should they be looking at for experience to move to that next step? And you kind of already introduced a pretty big shift, at least in my mind, which is understanding that that shift to product leadership is more strategic than probably the product manager has been used to. Tell us how they can prepare for this future you know, leadership role. Yeah, it's a really good question. So I think, you know, we uh, briefly referred to this, you know, product management toolkit. So, you know, there, there's lots that's involved in, in product management around, you know, leading an agile team and, you know, prioritizing and, you know, influencing stakeholders and trying to make commercial decisions and shaping business cases and so on, you know, at PM level as well. So I think, you know, you, you can you can be continually learning with all of that. So training and, you know, communities and, and, and so on and, you know, reading books. There are lots of, you know, communities that, you know, you know, that you've you've kind of created, Chad and, you know, and others as well. So I think that that's really valuable, particularly for product managers, senior product managers, but also also for product leaders where you're in a, just in, in a room with a load of other product people and you can talk shop and, you know, share war stories and, you know, often, you know, learn or, or bounce ideas off other people. And hopefully you'll see people with the same challenges and it will make you think, actually, probably I'm doing, a you know, an OK job and it will be it will be reassuring as well. Um, and those, those kinds of forums, often there are presentations from, you know, product leaders on different topics and it's super valuable. So that's 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 one important thing, I would say. Seek out communities of, of similar people and, and try and plug yourself in. 
you know, often it's free, you know, sometimes you can meet in person depending on where you are, but, you know, there's lots of, you know, live broadcasts as well. I think if it's something, if it's something that you're interested in, just trying to hoover up responsibility. So when opportunities, you know, the environment you're in, when opportunities to take on responsibility come up, you know, it might be a small initiative, try and think more about, you know, what am I going to get from that if I, if, if, if I do that and just, and just hoover up that responsibility as opposed to should I be rewarded for this right now? Because the rewards will always follow. You know, if you build your experience and, you know, become become more valuable in terms of the impact that you make and the responsibility that you have then the rewards will always follow and if you know whether in your environment or you know your next move um so i think you know just trying to continually learn build build your network learn from others try and mix with your community and build your network within your community and you know just try and take on responsibility excellent really good tips be mindful of that shift to grow in your influence as a product VP, it's not that you have all the power in the organization, right? You're still having to influence the other senior stakeholders in the organization, as well as those groups that you don't have any real power over, right? Marketing and sales and, and pulling this together. So yeah, key pieces. And I appreciate you sharing, you know, take responsibility when opportunities come to you and not, I have ran into people at times that I've worked with that say, yeah, they asked me to do this, you know, take on this big project and it's going to be so much more work and they're not even offering me anything to, to do it. It's like, but you're getting that great experience now and that will lead to something good later, right? And and if this yeah. organization doesn't reward you for it, someone else is, is, is bound to because that experience is going to be valuable. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I completely agree. Within reason. I mean, yes, you don't want to right. be taken advantage of, but yeah, but yeah, you focus on what you're going to get from it. Yep. Very good. Okay. So we're in 2023 now. The job market has changed, right? So late 2022 was lots of tech layoffs. And we have a little gap in our existing knowledge since we're recording this in December. And this is getting to the public in 2023 in March. But I'm curious, you know, kind of what you've been seeing through the shift already, right? And changes for senior product leader roles, what companies are looking for, kind of just what's your outlook on the job market? Yeah. So, and and just just to recap, it's been in the busiest eighteen months up until the summer that I've ever seen. Mm. And we've we've had a we've had a boom time, you know, coming out of COVID and lockdowns, trying to figure out what the new normal is and the you know the growth of big tech. And you know, they definitely overexpanded. You know, they they definitely overhired. I would say, and it, it's a shame because now we have, we see this contraction and this knee jerk reaction. So, uh, we we've already seen you know, larger enterprise organizations that have this kind of quarterly, you know, kind of numbers focus have had to, you know, had, had to make some cuts. And so we're, we, so we're seeing more supply in the labor market. You know, there are some great people through no fault of their own that are now in the market. We're still, we're still seeing lots of opportunity though. I mean, you know, the digital world is where, you know, if you think about more traditional organizations, it's a digital world that gets the investment. It's where the growth is. So, you know, whether it's a, a very a heritage business that's transforming or some kind of a you know a new idea that's been funding fund, funded and and that's another thing by the way there, there's been a slowdown with you know funding and scale-ups but it's still a very buoyant market so there's still lots of opportunity there so i wouldn't say it's catastrophic at all you know it's definitely not as busy as it was but there's still a lot of action in the market and you know we, we, we're we're still seeing strong demand i would say across all sectors you know across b2c and b2b yeah so, you, you know, you've been doing the recruiting for so long in the, in the space. So you've, you've seen ups and downs for sure. You, you've been through the Great Recession of 2008. Any tips for people that are thinking about, well, you know, I, I'm okay now, but I don't know, you know, the, 
things always change. I do want to prepare for that possible shift I might make in the future. Any tips for just right now to kind of how, if it does become more of a slowing period and there's actually a labor, labor contraction and some, some challenges to finding new opportunities, how do you prepare yourself during that time for when things open up again? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a interesting question. It's, di- it's difficult to answer in many ways because often that's a very personal decision and, mm-hmm. um, you know, people have different circumstances. You might have a house, a family, you know, you might have cost and, you know, you might really need, st- you know, real stability, whereas other people, they're more in a position to take risks. It might be because they're earlier in their career, it might be because they're later in their career and they're just in a different phase of life. So, I think, I think one, one of the key things is there's no harming looking you know, so you can do that in a very discreet way. There are very discreet ways of kind of going to market. So you wouldn't probably, you you know, use your network and start reaching out if you want to consider opportunities, but you're doing it very tentatively. You might want to work with, you know, consultancies like us or, you know, maybe make very targeted applications so that it's it's quite discreet. But it's it, it's a very personal thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a difficult question to ask and answer because you can't, you can't say to somebody, you might make this move and actually it's going to be okay because it might not be okay. And then you might be in a difficult position. So you've got to, you've got to look at your personal risk profile, I would say, and try and make the best decision that you can. Yeah. And that personal risk profile makes me think back on what you shared earlier about the importance of just reflecting on, you know, who you are, what you want, what might be the next good thing for you in this. Yeah. This might be a time for some personal development, you know, maybe pick up that self-help book to help you do some self-reflection. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, product managers love data and you could try and get some data around how how you're being perceived and how much you're being approached. So and I know I touched on this earlier, but I think it's really important people keep their LinkedIn profiles up to date because it it will it will attract the right traffic to you as a as a person. It will make you more discoverable for the right sort of things. Now, if you do, you'll be able to see what sort of approaches you get. And sometimes you might see things getting busier or we might go through a phase when things quieten off and it will help you to understand actually what's the marketplace like for my particular profile and my particular skills. And of course, you can you can act on those approaches or not. It's up to you. But at least you're starting to get a sense of, you know, what what sort of demand is there for somebody with a certain type of profile. Yeah, very good. Okay, thanks for that. And as listeners know, we love innovation quotes around here. I asked you to bring something to us and share just what that means to you. Yeah, so I, suppose, I don't know if this is exactly the sort of innovation quote that you normally get, but the, the, the one of the mottos, it's funny, I was talking to my wife about this as well, and uh, one one sort of motto that we live by or quote is, have courage, have courage and be kind, which I think comes from Cinderella, which probably tells you that I've got, you know, teenage kids. But it's something that we talk to our, our, our children about, you know, and we have done since they were little about being kind and not excluding children and trying to have the courage if someone's being bullied or someone's having a difficult time to kind of, you know, speak up or try and, you know, make that person less less isolated. But I think it definitely applies to, you know, to work environments and relationships as well. You know, if you people at people at work or anywhere you know if you're always trying to understand their perspective and you're you know you're you're kind you'll make better perspective better you know kind of connections and relationships and it will make you make you a better person i think and a, you know more effective at connecting with people you know and having courage i mean you can apply that in lots of ways about you know confronting challenges and not putting things off and dealing with the difficult things and just getting getting things over with and that's something i try and live by and i often you know i I hate having things that are problematic that are hanging around in the background i just try and jump in and confront them and 
deal if there's any bad news just deal with it straight away and that's kind of i think worked well for me so yeah that's uh, so i think you know have have courage and be kind i think that's something i try and live by it's a good motto motto for life and the have courage and be kind it ties in well to the kind of the self-reflection being more self-aware aspect that you share too i i was probably what like 27 when i did a 360 evaluation of myself right in the organization and so a wonderful tool because you have your people all around you giving you the reflections on how you how you interact right and in my mind, on paper, the metrics, I was doing a really good job creating you know, new projects, new teams. That was all going well. And I was surprised how many people shared, well, he's really kind of arrogant. I went, I'm arrogant? I, I never viewed myself that way at all. And I had to you know, step back and go, wow, how am I coming across with other people that way? And the you know, reminder to be kind as we interact with the people we're responsible for in some sense is really a, a good reminder for us. So. Yeah, and I'm, I feel really strongly about this self-awareness piece, and mm-hmm. I feel that everybody has blind spots. Oh, and, yes. You know, talking about your 360 reviews, I mean, we're at review time of the year right now being December, and, you know, it it's quite insightful hearing, you know, he- hearing that feedback because you, you think a certain way about yourself, and actually, when you talk to other people, you know, you might not get exactly the same vision. Not that I'm a monster or anything, but but you know but it's important to recognize that there's there are things that you 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 will struggle to see mm-hmm. everyone struggles to see in themselves so it's better it's better to try and understand those and know them so that you can be more effective yep very good chris thank you for sharing the quote and the encouragement to to take this time especially well periodically to reflect on ourselves and have courage and be kind how can listeners find out more about the work that your group does you have resources available you write about you know many of these tips that you shared and, and many more should we go yeah, so we, we obviously have the website, intelligentpeople.co.uk or .com. We, we're, we're always trying to expand our network. You know, it, we make approaches to candidates all the time on behalf of our clients. And if we're recognized, it means that p- people trust us more and they engage with us more, which is what we want. We've also got lots of resources on our website for both, you know, product managers, product leaders, and also hiring organizations that are looking for both of those profiles. So there's lots of lots of resources and we give personalized advice if need be as well. So I would say start at our website and, you know, reach out if anybody wants to connect. Excellent. So intelligentpeople.com will get you there. Will. And we have listeners from across the world. Obviously, you're, you're in the in UK. Tell us what regions, you know, where, where do you tend to work with companies and find candidates? Yeah, so really globally, but we've got a bias towards Europe and North America. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've been doing work recently in Mexico and, you know, we work with U.S. tech companies. We actually help them find this one U.S. tech company. We help them find a, you know, a, a, a DAX region, German region, country manager and a U.K. country manager. So, you know, we I'd say we've got a bias towards Europe and North America, but we, we do take on work in all of the main global commercial hubs. Okay. And if someone is listening that might be in that product leadership role, product VP, CPO, or you know, another role as you should before that might move into that pretty how can they get on your radar? I think I read on your site that you you have an existing pool of, you know, tens of thousands of product leaders, which is one reason why you're able to help companies so quickly. If they want to be in that pool, how can they get on your radar? Yeah. So the first thing to do is connect with us and, you know, ideally share a profile with us because then our consultants can search for and find them. And, you know, the first time we have contact with them, we'll we'll have the conversations around where are they at in their career and what have they done and what's, what challenge they want next. And, you know, all of the parameters around price and location and so on. So a good starting point is to try and 
is, is to share your your resume with us. All of our non-confidential kind of campaigns that we're running are listed on our website as well. So it's always worth having a browse and you may see something that may even be a bit left field that we might not connect to you, you know, normally. And if you if you apply for that, then you know, your details get rooted directly to the person that's leading that search. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a couple of ways. Excellent. Good. Chris, thanks again for sharing that. Thanks for helping product VPs, leaders find good positions that fit for them, as well as the insights you shared today about product managers moving into senior leadership roles. And listeners, as always, you'll find those written notes that we take for you. And that one page takeaway at productmasterynow.com slash 427. Chris, thank you. And everyone, keep innovating. Thank you, Chad. Thank you for listening to Product Mastery Now, where product leaders and managers gain product mastery through practical knowledge, influence, and confidence. By listening, you are becoming a product master, creating products customers love. Find additional resources at productmasterynow.com. Keep innovating.